Ricky's friends from Cuba are in town, and of course that means lots of music, lots of dancing, and Lucy making a fool out of herself. Today we're talking Cuban pals. Hello, my beautiful Tropicanas. Welcome back to the Ricardo Project, the podcast where we watch through I Love Lucy episode by episode and talk about its historical, emotional, and comedic impact. My name is Dana, and I'm so happy that you've joined me today for Season 1, Episode 28, Cuban Pals, which premiered 70 years ago today on April 21st, 1952. Before we get into the plot of this episode, quick humble plug If you have been listening to this podcast and enjoying it, please, I would so appreciate if you would take the time to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen if you haven't already. And if you would be so kind as to tell a friend about this show, that would make my absolute day. I hate asking people to do these things, but it is the way that you grow your podcast. It's the way that we can continue to record, continue to talk I Love Lucy, et cetera, et cetera, yada, yada, yada. Pitch over. Let's get into the episode. So we open with Lucy having made some really gorgeous hors d'oeuvres because Ricky's Cuban friends are coming into town and she wants it to be perfect. Lucy's taking it really seriously because she's never met any of them and she wants to have a good Cuban reputation, as she says to Ethel. And Ethel is being a sympathetic friend, but she's also, she just cannot take a damn hint. She won't stop trying to eat the hors d'oeuvres. I, I I love a repetitive bit, but I actually do feel like this went on like one beat too long. But um, no complaints. I love Vivian Vance. She's wonderful. Anyway, these friends of Ricky's who are visiting are dancers who are starting their American tour at the Tropicana, which is very sweet because we learn later that the dancers who are starting their tour at the Tropicana were the people who gave Ricky his start in show business when he was back in Cuba. So From a Ricky Ricardo life story perspective, this is a beautiful full circle event for him. So Lucy and Ethel are chatting and then out of literally nowhere, Lucy just screams, here they come. Even though honestly, I replayed it. I could not hear them coming. I don't know how she knew they were coming. Maybe she's psychic. Um, But Ricky does in fact come in with a couple. Their names are Carlos and Maria and they're all speaking Spanish. Ricky leaves to grab some wine and Lucy tries to entertain them and be this like fancy lady showing off her apartment. And all Carlos and Maria can do is smile and nod. And this goes back and forth for a while. It's not very good conversation until finally Carlos takes out this little book that we quickly can intuit is a Spanish to English dictionary. And uh, it helps him say that they do not speak English. And so Lucy is completely shit out of luck. Um, At this point, I wrote in my notes, like, how did Lucy not learn any Spanish at all? Like, how has she gone 10 years of being married to to Ricky? And she doesn't know basic Spanish. But no, she's terrible. She tries to ask them if they'd like a drink after finding out they don't speak English. And she says, would you like El Drinko? (laughs) She does the classic, like, stupid American sitcom trope where you can't speak the language, so you just speak English really loudly, which... Luckily, Ricky later calls her out on it and he says they're not hard of hearing. Anyway, Ricky comes back. They've got wine, which Lucy does call vino. Um, and they all say these beautiful toasts in Spanish. And then they kind of look at Lucy to give her toast. And she goes, Laheim. Which, how exciting to hear 
uh, a Hebrew phrase during this, the week of Passover, Hag Sameach, to those of you who celebrate. We are hosting our annual Seder on Saturday, cutting it real close to the end of Passover. But I digress. (laughs) So then we get this really fun scene where Lucy is talking to Carlos and Maria, but Ricky has to translate everything. Fun little ping pong effect. And we actually get get this really fun moment. I I should save this for historical notes, but I'm going to say it now, where Desi Arnaz actually um, breaks. Uh, Lucy asks him to ask about their trip up. And instead of starting to talk in Spanish, you know, he says, Lucy wants to know if you had a nice boat trip. And then he he starts cackling because he forgot to translate. And it's really charming. It's super fun. Um, it plays really nicely. It's super funny. Really, really cute. Um, and there's, I just wrote that there's so much beautiful Spanish and multiculturalism in this scene, and I really like it. We get a classic Lucy dyes her hair joke where um, she says that it, you know, her hair is natural, and and Ricky goes on this long monologue that he ends with henna rinse um, in Spanish. So Lucy gets to say, "My hair suffered in the translation." And then Carlos and Maria bring up someone named Renita, and they're all talking in Spanish very quickly, and clearly Ricky is saying no to whatever Carlos and Maria are asking about Renita. And um, Lucy just interjects with, oh, go ahead, because even though she doesn't know what's going on, it turns out that uh, there's a girl named Renita Perez who Ricky used to do a dance number with her in Cuba where he played her father. And her partner hasn't arrived in New York yet, and they want him to dance with her Um, at the show the following night because her partner Ramon hasn't arrived. And Lucy thinks that this will be so cute. She'd love to see him and little Renita dance. And so Ricky agrees. Um, And right at that moment, Renita shows up at the Ricardo residence looking like a snack. She is so stunning. And she runs in and she greets Ricky and he throws her around with these big hugs. And Lucy is like, um, this is not good. And Ricky and Renita keep like hugging and swinging. It's so cute to see him with his friends while Lucy is like, good God, what have I done? (laughs) Fred and Ethel come up the next day. Ethel asks how it went. And, And Lucy tells Ethel the whole story, including how she's very nervous about this dance. So Fred recommends that they sneak into the Tropicana and watch the rehearsal to see the number that they're going to do. He somehow manages to suggest that they go in disguise as like scrub women who are cleaning the Tropicana. And the ladies jump on this. They think it's a great idea. I have to be very careful the way I talk about the next scene because I don't want to objectify Desi Arnaz too much. But my notes descend into thirst. Um Because we go to the Tropicana and Ricky is wearing this like low cut V-neck button up shirt that, you know, stops buttoning like halfway through the sternum. He, and his hair is different. He looks so hot (laughs) that I couldn't handle it. Like his hair was even sexier. I, I, I wrote, what is happening this episode? And then, um, he and Renita sing their song, which is The Lady in Red. Renita's great in it. It's of, like, there's chemistry. I I wrote, I, I wrote, I don't know how I'm supposed to take notes anymore while Ricky does this to me. This was honestly a really great, it was my favorite number I've seen so far, and I was rendered useless for a few minutes because it, I've said before that, like, 
rewatching the show as an adult has really led me to see, you know, the Desi Arnaz sex symbolness. But this number, I was like, how do people go to work the next day after watching this? It he's it's just I have to move on. I have no other words. He's so I get it. I fully get it. So attractive. I have nothing else to say. Um, luckily, the spell is broken because Lucy and Ethel come in as maids, and um, Lucy is very distracted trying to watch the number so much so that when she's like trying, you know, they're trying to act like they're mopping, and Lucy fully just mops Ethel's body. <laughs> the number ends with Lucy trying to splash them down with the water that's in her mop bucket, but she she kind of overcompensates and the bucket goes over her head. Which is good because honestly, they're pushing water around while people are dancing, which is super dangerous. And the number ends. Lucy and Ethel kind of skedaddle out of there. Right as the number ends, Renita gets a telegram that Ramon, her partner, has arrived in New York. And Ricky's like, oh, thank God. I don't want to do the number. I'm too old. Which is very cute. Plus, he decides he wants Renita to do her her native wedding dance number. And so that's all set. So we're at the Ricardo apartment again. Uh, and Lucy is sucking up to Renita a little bit. She's giving her cookies and tea. And she insists on calling Renita a cab to get her to the club. When the cab driver shows up, which is within 10 seconds of calling the cab, um, it's Fred cosplaying as a working class guy. He's got this hilariously weird voice. And he says that he knows a shortcut through Philadelphia. Um, so clearly he's going to, quote unquote, get lost with Renita so that Lucy can take her place in the dance number. So we go to the Tropicana and Ricky introduces that Renita and Ramon are going to do an African wedding dance, a, a, what, what I can assume is an Afro-Cuban wedding dance. And before it starts, uh, Ricky sings this beautiful song called Similo, which is gorgeous. And Lucy comes in and in an outfit for Lady in Red. She looks absolutely stunning. The music starts up and she can tell it's incorrect, but she kind of goes with it. She like tries to fake a Roomba. And then um, Ramon comes in and he is in like traditional African, you know, quote unquote traditional. I don't think it's actually accurate necessarily, but it is, you know, what we would recognize as like stereotypical um, garb. And um, Lucy freaks out and is scared and tries to hide from him in the orchestra and in the audience. Um, the audience reacts really positively to this. They think it's actually supposed to be a comedy number, and it ends with Lucy um, like trying to escape and fainting in Ricky's arms. And that's the episode. This episode is a mixed bag for me, uh, as you might have been able to tell. Uh, I truly loved the beginning. I loved seeing Lucy worried about fitting in with Ricky's, you know, community, and. This will be further explored as the series goes on, especially once little Ricky arrives and we see the multicultural household that he's going to grow up in. And I love seeing Desi Arnaz perform with other Latinx performers. And Desi Arnaz seems really, really joyful in this episode. Like he seems like he's really in his element. Like I said, I mean, the performance of Lady in Red with the actress who plays Renita is my favorite of his in the series thus far. And it's, it's, it's not just because he's insanely hot in it. Although I'm sure that that is probably 90% of it. Um, it's also not lost on me how much Spanish is being spoken in this episode. Uh, and, and how relaxed Desi's performance is. And, and I love that in the opening scene, Lucy is clearly the out of place one. And 
There's really no jokes at the expense of the Latinx performers in that scene, except for how polite they are to Lucy, which isn't so much at their expense as it is like an opportunity to showcase how out of her element Lucy is. However, uh, gosh, we we have to acknowledge the Afro-Cuban elements at the end of the episode. And I, I just want to pause here and say, like, full stop, um, I am not a Latinx person. So, you know, my reactions and opinions and feelings on this don't really matter at the end of the day. Um, but I also don't think that it should be the sole responsibility of non-white people to call out things that are problematic. So um, I pulled some research from Latinx scholars, and um, I've linked two that I found particularly helpful in the show notes, and um, highly recommend giving them a read. They are deeply readable and very, very, very good. Um, so with all that said, uh, I can't lie. <laughs> I was really, really uncomfortable watching Lucy react in such terror at the sight of someone dressed in, um, you know, tribal clothes. Um, It really made me sad and uncomfortable. uh, And I reacted pretty viscerally to watching a white woman scream in terror at someone performing blackness. For me, it just, it reinforced a lot of stereotypes and, 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 you know, made a joke out of fear of non-white cultures. And I, I really didn't like it. Uh, you know, Desi describes the dance as about fierceness and strength. And I, I felt like it used that um, as a way to basically say, like, look at how weird and scary this culture is compared to what Lucy thought was going to happen. And I didn't like it. And I don't think it aged well. And I think this for me, this opened up a larger question about Desi Arnaz's legacy as a Cuban musician in such a place of mainstream privilege. And I'm not using that word privilege to undermine any of the substantial obstacles and disadvantages that Desi Arnaz had to overcome to become one half of the most famous romantic duo in TV history. I mean, he was, and he always will be a trailblazer. And I have the utmost respect for him in his career. And I'm sure there were a lot of compromises that he had to make along the way in order to have that career. But this this made me ask the question, how did Cuba feel about Desi Arnaz? I mean, how did the culture that he, you know, quote unquote, represented in America respond to the work that he was doing on this show? I found an article on a, a website called Kurt's Jazz Cafe. And the article is called Ricky Ricardo Ain't Real. I highly recommend reading it. It's very short. And they wrote, quote, the general take on Arnaz from his fellow Cuban musicians, was that he was competent on his instrument, but above all, he was a thief and a sellout, or in today's lingo, a cultural appropriator. Arnez, a white Cuban from a wealthy family, had taken the Afro-Cuban ritualistic styles he had observed in his youth, brought them into his music without attribution, and sanded off the rough edges. And I think this, you know, that really encapsulated kind of my response to this particular episode. Um, But I also found this paper by, um, a a thesis paper by a woman named Vanessa de los Reyes, who uh, wrote a thesis called I Love Ricky, How Desi Arnaz Challenged American Popular Culture. And this paper is unbelievable. I'm probably going to quote it a thousand more times throughout the course of this podcast. I loved it. Um, 
And she acknowledges this response. She talks about this at length, even while praising Desi Arnaz's constant resistance to American assimilation on I Love Lucy. So she wrote, although I Love Lucy was seen in Cuba, it was not quite a hit there as it appealed most of all to North American slapstick humor. In fact, Arnez was in many ways not even considered to be Cuban. It's intriguing to observe what audiences saw as Cuban in the series since Cuban viewers were humiliated by and large by Desi's portrayal and deemed him a traitor to all Cubans. But she also acknowledged that Ricky Ricardo's culture is important to him and prioritized in the series, writing that there are many episodes in which, quote, it was his family and his culture that had to approve of Lucy. The American was essentially at the Cuban's command. Lucy was the one who needed to impress her in-laws, for example. Lucy also accommodated to Ricky's culture in an episode in the fourth season where Ricky's mother came to visit them. Significantly, despite Lucy's complaints about little Ricky learning Spanish in Lucy Hires an English Tutor, which I think is next season, um, quote, little Ricky learned Spanish and had to teach his mother how to speak it. Little Ricky also played the conga drum with his father in the ending sequence. He was an American with a rich bicultural family, end quote. I've heard from so many wonderful listeners who talk to me about the impact of seeing Desi Arnaz on their TVs as children. And it's not lost on me that we can and should thoughtfully critique our icons, but at that same time, these images are impactful in both directions. You know, this, this episode feels harmful at the end. It really does. I, I won't pretend that it doesn't. And I don't think that just because Desi Arnaz is really important that doesn't absolve him of doing harm. And I think this one did harm. Um, but I also won't refute the fact that Desi Arnaz's voice, his music, his accent, his culture, his language, being loudly and consistently proclaimed as a major factor in the most important American sitcom of all time. And, and yes, I, I do believe that I Love Lucy is the most transformative and impactful sitcom ever created. And I think it will always be because of when it was made. I won't pretend that the fact that one half of that show is about a bilingual singer who sings mostly in Spanish, whose favorite meal is a rose con pollo. And honestly, I, I, I can't think of a single episode where Ricky Ricardo tries to shed his Cuban identity. And I can't and won't pretend that that isn't valuable and meaningful to people. I'm going to leave this here because I don't think I have a conclusion to offer um, that the authors of the articles I quoted earlier haven't made more succinctly. I just want to close this by saying that I love Desi Arnaz. I respect him. I don't think it was his responsibility to represent all of Cuba or all Cubans. And I certainly think that the creators of the show and the writers of the show also have a responsibility to not cause harm just as anybody in 2022 would. I don't pretend to have any answers. I'm just really grateful to have the opportunity to be here and to do this reflection and learn new things about what it would have been like in 1952 to watch this show. So not to suddenly pivot abruptly, but we can move on to some historical notes. There was actually a, uh, an ending scene, a button scene that was cut for time in which uh, it turns out that Ethel's very angry with Lucy because 
Um, Fred took Renita all the way to Atlantic City in that fake cab, and they're having like a great time down there, and Ethel's worried he'll never come home. So that was cut for time. Um, And then portions of this episode were used in the movie The Mambo Kings in 1992. In The Mambo Kings, um, the main characters guest star and I Love Lucy, and they're kind of edited and spliced into this. And Desi Arnaz Jr. um, actually plays... Desi Arnaz Sr. in that episode, or in that um, in that scene in the movie. Um, and then finally, we had three guest stars this week. We had Alberto Morin, who played Carlos. He was actually not Cuban. He was Puerto Rican. But he was in Gone with the Wind. He was in Casablanca. He was in a movie called Key Largo. Rita Conde was actually Cuban. And she was she was the only one of the three who was actually born in Cuba. And she and Alberto Marine both died in Burbank within a month of each other in 1989, which was the same year that Lucille Ball died. And Renita Perez was played by Lita Baron, um, who was Andalusian. And she actually performed as Xavier Cugat and his orchestra, which is also, ironically, how Desi Arnaz got his start. So that's a fun little thing. And she actually died very recently. She died in 2015. Those are our three lovely guest stars. So next week, we're going to talk about The Freezer, which is an episode I remember very fondly. Here's the logline for that. Lucy and Ethel have a meat freezer installed in the basement, and they celebrate by buying two sides of beef, unaware of how much meat that actually is. And now they have to try to get rid of the excess before Ricky and Fred find out. That one has a very funny visual bit at the end that I won't spoil if you haven't seen it, but let's be real. If you're here, you've seen it and you're rewatching it with me. If you're enjoying this podcast, please tell your friends, rate and review, subscribe, yada, yada, yada. I already did that at the top, but these are the absolute best ways to help the show. I will see you next week for The Freezer. Thank you so much for listening to The Ricardo Project. It means more to me than you know. Uh, If you'd like to get in touch for any reason whatsoever, I'd be honored to hear from you. You can reach me on Instagram at The Ricardo Project, uh, on Twitter at Ricardo underscore project, and by email at thericardoproject at gmail.com. Again, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider rating and reviewing and telling a friend. Have a wonderful weekend, and we'll be back next week.